welcome to all of you that are here. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I'm glad to not be here alone. Amen. I, uh, I, I realize a very obvious, just look around, not, not every lady is able or chooses, I guess, to go to ladies' conference. Um, and so I, I realize this is, this tonight is not a, it's not a men's service. But I, but I do feel like the Lord uh, laid something on my heart several days ago that, that uh, it, the men are the target tonight. However, if, if you're a lady here this evening, young lady, uh, middle-aged lady, um, I think some of the principles of what I will say uh, you, can, you can glean some things from. Um, so it, it's not that it is not applicable to you, but, but again, I just, a couple of days ago, I, I really felt like the Lord just kind of laid something on my heart uh, for this evening. So I want to read one verse, and we're going to kind of, we're, we're, we're going to lay a little bit of a foundation. Uh, it's not, well, whatever, we'll lay a little bit of a foundation here. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 45 Jesus is in the process of calling the disciples. And uh, verse 45 says, Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. We have, we have found him. And I want you to, this next part is kind of the foundational part, but of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write. I'm going to give you my title. It'll mean absolute, just like the door, it'll mean absolutely nothing to you for a while. But I'll give it to you anyways. My title is a, is a question. The question is, I don't know if this, this, may, be, uh, this may be from my... My southern roots, maybe, I don't know, maybe this, anybody ever heard that, uh, that saying, a little dab will do you? Yeah. So I, I got a question, will, will a dab do you? Will a dab do you? I guess a dab must mean a little bit, so, a, little, a little dab. So. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to be here this evening. I, I thank you for all the ladies that are part of this congregation that are able to be at ladies' conference this weekend. We pray that you would touch them, minister to them, bless them, Lord. That as you strengthen them, Lord, they become a blessing to this body. And I, I pray that you would touch every one of them this weekend in a, in a clear and a definite way, Lord. God, thank you for those of us that are here. We've gathered together tonight in your name, and I thank you for being with us. So I pray that you would minister here tonight, that you would speak to us, that we would have hearts that are open to receive, ears that would hear what you would say. In the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. He says, Philip says to Nathaniel, we, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. 
You, you and I have this amazing benefit of a whole Bible. You, you and I have the benefit of Genesis to Revelation. But you understand when we kind of work this backwards in time, it, it wasn't always the case. As we've read here in this one verse, in the, in the New Testament, Jesus' time and, and the time of the apostles, they, they didn't have what you and I have of Genesis through Revelation. Philip says, as, as we've heard of in the law and the prophets, their, their frame of reference was the law and the prophets. Our frame of reference is the Word of God, Old and New Testament. I, have, uh, I, I've been, I haven't really mentioned much about this in a while, no particular reason, I just haven't, but I've continued to maintain a connection with the... Uh, with the uh, pastor in Kenya um, that I connected with online a couple years ago. And uh, my, my family knows this. I don't think anybody else outside of my family knows this. I, I don't really know what to think about it. And I'm, I'm definitely, it's one of these things that's like really on the, the down low because I just don't quite know about it. But, but apparently there is now uh, the... the uh, the David Wright School of Theology in Kenya. Brother Mike Yu is one of the professors as well. <laughs> and so uh, uh, for a couple of weeks now on Wednesday mornings, uh, I've been doing uh, teaching. Brother Mike Yu does Mondays and uh, several pastors. And I, I don't know uh, what all the Lord is doing, what may come of it. I don't know. I'm just trying to be available. But one of the things I've, I've, I don't know why, I guess, other than just what I keep feeling, but I've just, I really have hammered uh, almost every time I've taught now in this, this setting, which has been about four or five times, the idea that, that the, we, the Old and the New Testament are, are important to us. There, there, is, there is some modern day thinking that says we don't really need the Old Testament, and that is so untrue. I just started a couple of days ago. I, I got a bunch of books in my office that used to be my dad's, and so uh, I've read a good portion of them, but there's still a number of them in there that, that I've not read, and so my wife and I actually slipped away for a couple of days the first part of this week and um, grabbed one of those books and, and uh by, uh, I think, first name is Alan, Alan Redpath. He pastored Moody Bible Church in Chicago for a number of years. And, and my favorite books are the ones that were written uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, because those, those guys didn't write fluff. They, they told you how to get your best life now. They did, but it wasn't. It was a painful way. And in and, and, and the course of... Starting to read this book, uh, he, he, it's about some stuff in, in the book of Joshua. And, and he makes the point, the importance to you and I of, of the Old and the New Testament. So we, we've got this whole thing to reference. Again, Genesis to Revelation. But, but here, here is Philip and, and the calling and, and, the, and the time frame of the disciples. And they're saying, you know, what, what was written in the Law and the Prophets. 
But, but the deal is, the farther back you go, the less there was to reference. <laughs> I mean, I've, I don't know how many dozens of times I've referenced Job throughout my preaching. Using some kind of principle or lesson from Job and, and what Job went through. Do you ever thought about the fact Job had no Job to read? You and I can, we, you know, well, you know how Job, remember what Job went through, and it wasn't because God was angry, and Job went through what he went through because God trusted him and, and, and sicked the devil on him. Well, and, and so you and I can, if we're living right, we can, boy, I must be Job. Job had no Job. I mean, Abraham had no Abraham to read about as a, as a as an example, I, I was I started. Uh, I think it's Gods and Kings is the series. I believe anybody ever heard of that? I think it's Gods and Kings, and uh, I've listened to a couple of the, the, the books in I think that series, and then uh, the same author was another book. I think it's called Return to Me. I actually started it on the trip to Youth Congress, and 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 so as we were driving some this week, I was listening. Uh, to it a little bit again, and, and, and a good portion of the focus of it is about the prophet Zechariah, and it's, and it's as he is starting to step into the role of a prophet. We, we've got this frame of reference. But let's listen to what Paul says in Romans 1 and verse 20. He says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they, so that they are without excuse. So, so in essence, you know that whole thing of, well, what about somebody that lives in the remote jungles and they've never heard the name of Jesus? Well, Paul says that, that uh, creation, the, the invisible things, of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. So you start in the beginning, Genesis, and think about the fact as as that is unfolding, the the the, the significant individuals that we reference so much, they didn't have the examples that you and I can read about and, and encourage us and uplift us. But, but here's, here's kind of the point of the, this foundational point tonight. We, we do have the Bible. And, and, and Paul says that they are without excuse because creation uh, clearly demonstrates. If they are without excuse because creation clearly demonstrates... How much more are you and I without excuse when we have the Word of God? Man, nowadays it's, it's amazing. It's amazing the free resources. Tools that are available online. You can, you can get uh, Bible dictionaries. You can read commentaries. You can access numerous translations of the Bible, all for free. You don't have to purchase the software. You don't have to get an app. It's, it's all there. So you and I are, are, we are, we are without excuse. 
I mean, can you think about think about when 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 the uh, the the angels tell Lot, listen, when when you're leaving this city, if anybody looks back at the city, they're gonna they're gonna turn into a pillar of salt. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Whatever. That's never happened before. Who, who's ever heard of that? <laughs> Unfortunately, Lot became very familiar with it when his wife chose to, to look back. Or, I, you know, Noah, I'm going to destroy the earth with a flood. You're gonna, you're gonna do what? <laughs> I mean, just think about throughout Scripture the, 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 the number of things that, that God told somebody. To do, or that God told them He was that God was going to do it, that it never happened before. There was no precedent. No precedent. There was there was nothing to look back at and say, okay, well, you you did it before, you'll do it again. <laughs> you made a way when there was no way, and I believe they. they they didn't have those things. They were, they were stepping out on a word of faith. They were stepping out on a word of God. But here you and I are now with a Bible that is full of examples that covers all kinds of stuff. So let's, 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 here we are tonight and believe, how many of you believe that the church is going to get raptured, that the trumpet's going to sound? And, and that's never happened before. But our faith is strengthened in that, not only just because we believe the Bible says it, but, but we've also seen all throughout Scripture God do things that, he had, that had never happened before. So we, we sit here tonight, with the, with the, I think, with the faith that says, okay, there may be some things that have yet to happen that, that have never happened before, but God's got a lot of uh, uh, evidence He's got a pretty big resume of all the stuff he said he would do that had never happened before. How, 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 much, how much do you and I truly believe the Word of God? I know we all say we do, and I, I, I think we all to some degree do. We wouldn't be here. But I, I do, do we allow it to have the impact that it ultimately is supposed to have on us? Do we, do we learn from it what we are really supposed to learn? And so he, he, here we are and try to tie that into kind of where I'm going here this evening here, here we are, and, and, and again, not, not trying to single out or, or, or uh, make the, the ladies here tonight feel out of place. That, that's not my, my, my goal or desire at all. But, 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 but gentlemen, we, we sit here tonight, and are we really learning from the examples of Scripture? Hebrews 11 I preached a message about this several years ago now, but you know we 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 have this mindset that God told Noah to build an ark, 
and that Noah spent 120 years building that ark and, and you know, trying to convert people to get on that ark and, and he completes the ark and he gets on and it's simply him and his wife and three sons, three daughters-in-law and then all the animals. Nobody else got on. But, but look, look at what, listen to what Hebrews says, Hebrews 11 and verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, because it never happened before, there was no frame of reference for this, but he moved with fear, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. The Amplified Bible says, verse 7, this way, Prompted by faith, Noah being forewarned by God concerning events, of which as yet there was no visible sign, he took heed and diligently and reverently constructed and prepared an ark For the deliverance of what? If if I take that at face value, he wasn't building an ark to save souls outside of his family. By this faith, his faith which relied on God, he passed judgment and sentence on the world's unbelief and became an heir and possessor of righteousness that that relation of being right into which God puts the person who has faith. And then lastly, the Passion Translation says it this way, Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming, even things that had never been seen. But he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family. By his faith, the world was condemned, but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by, by believing. He, he, according to the Amplified, he prepared an ark for the deliverance of his own family. He wasn't trying to get everybody on that ark. He was trying to prepare a place for his family to be saved. Now, the question then to me is, did God intend for nobody else to get saved and everybody else to die? Did For years I preached that there was only one ark because there's, there's, there's only one church. But I, I've, I've changed my theology on that. I believe that one ark was the pattern. But what seems to me should have happened is that there should been there should have been some other heads of houses that got to looking at what Noah was doing and said if you're doing that for your house If you're going to that extent for your household, I'm going to do the same for mine. If you're going to to, to basically put your life on hold 
Because God told you what was coming and God told you what you needed to do, then if you believe it that much, I'm going to follow your example. But nobody else did. You know, it's, it's really easy for somebody else to do all the work. If we're not careful, we can learn to live off of the devotion of others. I've said it many times, I believe there is such great value especially when you're struggling and, and, and you're going through stuff. Maybe you're just weary, whatever. I'm not talking about backsliding per se. I mean, you can put that in there, but that's not really what I'm talking about. You're just, you're just going through some difficult times in your walk with God that, that you, you, you're just not really getting anywhere on your own. You try to pray, and it's just like you're in a, you're in a cave, and all you hear is an echo, and, 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 and you, you, you come gather together in a church service, and, and the worship team begins to lead us, and, and people begin to worship, and, and in a little bit of time, you, you start to feel different, and you start to connect, and God begins to do something, and that, that is a wonderful thing. We've all had times, and I believe we will all have times in the future where, where that happens, but if we're not careful, we can learn to live off of somebody else's devotion. It's one thing when we come in here and we're in a season of struggling and we, and, we, and we tap into what somebody else is leading us into. It's another thing when we learn to just live. I don't really need to pray. I don't really, because I, I would just go to church and they'll get us in the presence of God. That's a, that's a dangerous place to be. So I, I believe that there were some other men that should have looked at what Noah was doing and said, hey, if, man, if you're building something for your house, I'm, I'm going to build something for my house. You see, there, there's, there is... It, it seems to me... It seems to me that in this messed up world we're living in. This is not, I've never, I haven't done a scientific survey on this. But in my just observation, there, there seems to me to be <laughs> that, that the, uh, the, the struggle with gen, gender distinction seems to be a little bit more so with with women looking the part of men. There there is this attack on on masculinity. It's amped up. I think it's amped up because the day and time we're in, and we're in the last days, and 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 there's there's so many different ways that it's manifested. But there is this there there is this effort to emasculate men. To to reduce them to listen. I I I am I I. Apparently, I don't do it 
as good as she does it, but I know how to load the dishwasher. I've been loading the dishwasher for years now, and I've just come to learn recently that apparently I don't always load it right. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosy. <laughs> I'm just... I, I, I wash dishes. I... I I run the vacuum cleaner. I, I do stuff around the house. All I've been doing that for about 20 years now. Because <laughs> when you have four kids in just a couple of years, you've you got to divide and conquer. I don't think a man should just sit in his recliner while the wife does all the work. I don't believe that at all. I think a sharing of roles and a sharing of responsibilities and things like that, I, 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 think that's, I think that's the way we ought to do it. So please hear me that part before I say this next part. I, I, there is, there, lately, for several months at least now, you watch a, a, a commercial about uh, laundry detergent, dishwashing detergent. More and more, a lot of them. It's all men. Yeah. Now I'm sorry, but I don't think it's about they're trying to show a sharing of the roles. There's a reducing. Of men and their God-given role. It's a God-given responsibility for the man to be the leader of his household. It's a God-given responsibility for the man to set the spiritual atmosphere. And that may not necessarily be by all of your interceding and praying out loud for everybody to hear because you can undo in 10 seconds what you do in hours of praying. You spend hours of praying in your place of prayer in your house, but then you sit at the table and you're unkind to your wife and you mistreat your kids. All that other stuff is... I was going to say worthless. It's probably not worthless. But it sure undermines a whole lot. And so, God didn't speak to Noah's wife, I'm going to destroy the earth. He spoke to Noah. It was Noah's job to be in a place of hearing from God. It, it's not, I'm not, God can speak. God, there's stuff through the years. God's spoken to my wife and, and she's felt things before I ever felt them or God's given her some answers on stuff that we needed. But, but that's not supposed to be the way it is all the time. It's not supposed to be the norm. Noah, here's what I'm going to do. And, 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 and Noah responded. Problem is, a lot of times wives and moms are stepping into roles because dads won't do their job. So, 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 so we we we've got this example here of a man who is moved with the need to make sure that his family is 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 saved, that his family has 
a, a way of escape from, from judgment. We can't sit here tonight, brethren, just with our heads in the sand. Watch this in Exodus 9, or excuse me, Exodus 11. Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. I got a question, Bible trivia here. What plague was that one? What plague is this one? When all the firstborn die? There's no trick question here. What number is that? Number 10. So, so nine plagues have happened. This isn't, this is like five or six, I think. Fifth or sixth in the list somewhere, and this is not the beginning. But I just just want to just kind of lay a little foundation here. Exodus nine twenty three, and Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and the fire ran along upon the ground, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. Ten thirteen, Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. Ten twenty two, and Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. If I'm not mistaken, I think that one was the next to the last one, I think. My and I just just reread this in the last couple of weeks in my morning reading. These these plagues were not they didn't happen with Moses in private somewhere, Moses and Aaron. They, they were they were public things. I'm pretty sure word got around. Hey, Moses did this, or Moses told Aaron to do this, and here's what happened. And 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 and, and we get to the to these three here that I've touched on, and and by now I'm I'm pretty sure word gets around. Hey, Moses did such and such, and such and such happened. Moses said this, and here's what happened. I mean, every time it's happening, there, there is more and more evidence. This isn't a coincidence. This, this isn't chance. Moses is, not that Moses is causing this, but, but Moses is a part of what's going on. So, so in, in chapter 11, when Moses, when the Lord speaks to Moses about what he's going to do next, this, the tenth and final thing he's going to do, it's going to be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's going to be the thing that causes Pharaoh to, to finally say, get out of here. 
in, in chapter 12, the Lord speaks to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak you to all the congregation of Israel saying in the tenth day of this month. Now, now I, I, I think it's safe to assume that what God told Moses in chapter 11, that word has gotten out by now. The firstborn is going to die. And based on the other nine plagues, when this is said, I can guarantee you they weren't responding with an attitude to say, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Sure. All firstborn are going to die. Yeah, right. Let's suppose, Matthew, I don't want you to ever regret asking me this question because I have not forgotten it, and I mean that in such a positive way, and I've already put him on the spot before, but going to Youth Congress, and I forget the way he phrased it, but sometimes, and I probably made the mistake too, we, we, we say things as if they're facts that the stories don't quite tell us that clearly. <laughs> so in, 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 the, in the attempt of integrity, I... I, I can't take you to chapter and verse, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure by the time we get to chapter 12, word has gotten out. Can you imagine what it would be like to be, I'm, I'm the eldest. <laughs> I'm the firstborn of, in my house. Where's the, where's the other firstborns here? We got some other firstborns. We got a couple of them. Can you imagine what it would be like to hear word that um, firstborns are going to die? Oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> and and and, but but then but then. There's also another side to this because it's amazing. It, I, I forget, I ought to know because since I just read it recently, but, but the first, I think it's the first three or four, two or three at least, the first two or three, if not four plagues, when, when Moses and Aaron did them, Pharaoh's magicians copied them. Then there came a point where they couldn't copy them anymore. I forget where it was. I I may have said this in the parent session and made it be pure. I think it may have been there. I said it somewhere recently. I I just now I'm now I'm got I'm second guessing myself on this. But all these years I've always said that when Moses and Aaron came before Pharaoh that first time that Moses threw his rod down and it became a serpent. When I read the story a couple of weeks ago again, I, I discovered something different. 
Moses didn't throw his rod down and it become a serpent. How many of you willing to admit you were like me? You thought Moses threw his rod down. Look, all of you Bible scholars here. You, thank you. That's not what it said. Moses told Aaron to throw his rod down. That's kind of interesting because Aaron wasn't with Moses when Moses' rod turned into a snake. But he was willing to go off of Moses' word, throw your rod down. That's a, there's a whole thing of leadership and submission and whatever there. So I, I, all of that little rambling to, again, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty certain by the time that, that this is happening in chapter 12, that word has, word has gotten out that, Here's what's going to happen. The other thing, I'm sorry, the other, we didn't even get to the main point I was trying to get to. There was also came a point in time in these plagues. The first several plagues, everybody in Egypt was affected by. But then there came a point in time where God starts showing a distinction between all of Egypt and his people living in Goshen. I, I believe, I, I don't, I'm not prepared to say I'm prophesying to you. I, I, I don't feel that. <laughs> I don't feel it that way. But I believe, I believe there's going to be a day when, when we're going to deal with some things like we've dealt with with COVID. But there's going to be a day where God's going to show a distinction. God chooses for us to go through COVID and we get sick and... People of God die, so be it. But I believe there's coming a day where God is going to to let some things happen and He is going to... That's what He did with the children of Israel. Let me show you what I can let happen to everybody else, but I can keep my people protected. I think the other reason for that was when they get to this point, they need to know stuff can happen in Egypt, but it doesn't have to happen to us. So watch this. Exodus 12, 2. This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It, it shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak you unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for a lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And stay right there with that verse for just a moment, if you, if you would, please. And, and, and in a second, we're going to go to the next verse. But that, that's all the instruction up to that point. And, and I, think it's, I think it's safe to say, I think it's safe to sort of assume that, that God is speaking to the heads of these houses. As the, as the head of this household, get a lamb. As the head of this household, here's what I want you to do. 
next verse. Sorry, I'm messing you all up by coming up here. <laughs> What's the next verse say? And they shall take of the blood and strike it upon the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. I, I, I read that verse the other day. And as I read that verse, I, I, got, I started thinking about this. So God says that the firstborn in every house is, is going to die. But if you, will, if you will take sacrifice, an animal, a lamb, and then I, I want you to take its blood, and, and any, any house that has blood applied to the doorpost, the angel's going to pass over. I got a question. Do you think do you think that a dad that had a firstborn in his house got that instruction? You think he just kinda Well I uh, yeah. I love my kids, and hey, I mean, God said this is what's going to happen. So let me, you know, I'll just, I'll just, uh, I mean, if I was a kid living in that house, and I looked at that door, I'd, I think I'd be starting to question The love of, of, of my father. And angels passing by tonight. I'm the firstborn in this house. If the door is not marked, he's coming in. And, and you just want you just want a little dab. You, you, you do understand we're living in the last days. You, 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 you fathers, especially you fathers this evening of little ones, you do understand the target on your precious children's backs is amped up, magnified more than ever before. I got a question. Is this is is this the way you've marked your house? Uh, you know, um, let me throw a little, let me throw a little blood on there. You, do you think that's what, you think that's what happened? I I I kind of got a feeling. I know if I was the dad, <laughs> I, I, I hope this drop cloth is waterproof. Cause I, I'm telling you, if I was the dad, we, we, we'd be slapping some blood all over the place. We, we, we're, not leaving, we're not leaving any chance at all. 
We're not, we're, we're going to make sure that it's not just a slight little, little dab, but if, if the death angel's passing by and there is a way to save my house by applying some blood, I'm not going to risk that I can, I can protect my house off of a, a little bit of devotion, a, a, a little bit of commitment, a, a little bit of dedication. That it, It's enough to just sprinkle in a little bit here and there. You know, I, I, I've said it before, and I apologize that there's so many that are not here tonight, but it, it blows my mind nowadays that the things, the reason for peop, that the people will use for excuses to not come to church. Yeah, we just, we want to, we just, you know, we're just trying to, we want to make sure we got a little dab here and there, Pastor. You know, we, we want to sprinkle in it. No, I don't, I don't want a little bit of sprinkled in. I, I realize I don't really have any living in my household anymore, but, but I'm not interested in just trying to protect what I have with just a tiny little bit of blood. I, I got a question. If we if we examine the doorpost tonight of your house, what, would we find that or would we find the other? Well, I got I got just a little bit. How about all you young men tonight that are single and 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 have some intention one day, maybe not anytime soon, but one day. Can I challenge you tonight to make up your mind to not be the kind of guy that's just going to sprinkle a little bit of blood? You know, well, I, here's what I need to do. Let, let me do this. But to make up your mind, you know what? I'm going to make sure that the house that I lead and the house that I oversee, that it's going to be really clear. This house is protected. This house is preserved. This house, the death angel is not welcome to stop by here. Perversion is not welcome in this house. Immorality is not welcome in this house. Homosexuality is not welcome in this house. Fornication is not welcome in this house. We're not just trying to apply a little dab to identify us, but we want to saturate it to make sure that we are protected and preserved from whatever is coming. I don't know. I, I don't know. Some of you are more Bible scholars than I am. I may, maybe I got this wrong tonight. I don't know. Maybe that's all they did was just a little dab on each side. And I'm just telling you as a dad, there'd be something inside of me that says, I'm going to make sure I mark this house well. I'm going to make sure as the one that's been given the responsibility for building an ark for this house, that we're not going half-hearted. We're not going to do this part way. We're, we're not going to do this this with just, you know, uh, uh, no, we, 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 we're going to go all in. It's everywhere, folks. I don't have to tell you it's everywhere. It's everywhere. We are being bombarded on every side and there is an enemy that is roaming to and fro trying to find out, can I get in your house? Can I come in your house? Can I do what I want to do in your house? And I don't know about you, but I want more than just a little dab of blood applied to identify. I want to make it clear as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord as 
as for this house, we are all in. It's, it's not a partial commitment, but we are sold out. I, I know this is not Norm Thursday night kind of preaching, but I just, I, all I know is what I felt, and I think it just tying in with the worship songs that we started with here this evening. Can I just, and again, I'm not trying to single out or, 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 or put you ladies on the spot, but is there any, are there any brethren here tonight, married or single? If you're married, it's about you and your household. If you're single, then maybe it's about your future house that says, you know what, I, I'm not just going to just not not going to be content with a little dab of blood on my house, but I want to make sure we are clearly identified who this house belongs to, that whatever's going on out there, it doesn't belong in this house. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. God, I pray tonight for every, every, every head of households in this church. Not only those that are here, but those that are unable to be here tonight, God. God, I pray that we wouldn't have an attitude and approach that just a little dab of blood will do. But God, that we would make sure that we clearly identify who our house belongs to, who are, who we are serving. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord in the name of Jesus. Come on, men, we're living in a world that just wants to, just to dab a little bit of blood on their lives. Come on, we're living in a world that, 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 that they just want a little bit of Christianity sprinkling in their homes. That they know they need it. They know it needs to be a part, but it's, it's just a little sprinkle of it. It's just a little touch of it. But that's not what God has called us to. We are supposed to be saturated with Him. We're supposed to be sold out to Him. We're supposed to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto Him. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood tonight, Lord. I plead the blood tonight. Lord, that blood that you shed on Calvary, let that blood cover us, God. Let it cover every household in this church. Let it cover every family in this church. Let it be an identifying mark in every home. Let it be a mark of protection, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord.
Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, don't let us be the Laodicean church. Don't let us be like that Laodicean church, God, in our, in our, in our lives individually. Don't let our, our families be like that church, neither hot or cold. Let the fire of your spirit burn, Lord, in us and through us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, in the midst of all the chaos and the confusion of our world, in the midst of all the attacks of the enemy, you've given us weapons. You've given us hope, God. You've given us direction. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus name. Jesus name. Jesus name. Jesus name. Here I am, Lord, here I am, I give all myself to Thee, here I am, here I am, Lord, here grace tonight. I pray for every head of every household that's a part of this church, whether they're 
able to be here tonight or not, God. I pray for strength. I pray for wisdom and guidance, Lord. I, I pray for determination, God, that no matter what the enemy throws at us, no matter what weapons are formed against us, we can trust your word that they will not prosper. We can trust the power of your blood, Lord, that while things may affect the, the, the households of those in our neighborhoods, we can apply your blood to our homes, to our families, and that there is a place of protection, there is a place of security. I pray for your strength tonight. Lord, you know the, the attack in our society in this nation, God, upon upon men, upon godly men, I pray that you would give fresh strength, Lord, fresh wisdom in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of your Spirit, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you again for being here this evening. And look forward to what the Lord has in store for us on Sunday. In Jesus' name.